Hey, this is Sammy Reinstein, and you're listening to Conversation Starters. On this show, we talk all about bringing conversations back to B2B marketing and selling. Because if there's one thing we know about doing business in the revenue era, it's that the best customer experience wins. Through the power of our own conversations with drifters, customers, and special guests, we'll learn how to deliver a sales and marketing experience that puts the buyer first. Let's get into it. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, Sammy. It's been a while since we've been in the studio. What have you been up to? I know it has been a while. What have I been up to? Been watching a lot of TV. I love Bravo. Bravo? I was going to ask. It's my guilty pleasure. But to balance that... You're not the only drift marketer to say that either. I know. We have a (laughs) big... big We have a big Bravo fan marketing base. Um, But to balance my Bravo watching, I have been also trying to read. Balance is good. Yeah, well... (laughs) A little this and that kind of thing. Yeah, a little bit of guilty pleasure and then a little bit of trying to feed my brain. (laughs) But this book that I'm reading, it's called Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Very popular right now. And I get why it's popular. It really just drags you in from the very start. Like that first sentence, everything, you're hooked. And I'm glad that it hooks me because I hate when you're reading a book and it's like 100 pages in and you're like, wait, where is the part that's actually getting me to continue to read? Yes, I 100% agree with that. There's so many books that people recommend to me and they're like, just give it like 100 or so pages. And I'm like, that's like a lot of my time to like, hopefully enjoy the book. Which our guest today knows a thing or two about hooking readers from the start. Definitely. Today we are interviewing Eddie Schleiner and He knows a thing or two about copy. He runs a website called Very Good Copy, which is all tips and tricks on copywriting and marketing and creative. And I'm so excited to get to speak with him today and dive in in how he thinks about writing good copy that sparks conversations. Eddie, thank you so much for coming on Conversation Starters. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sammy. Appreciate it. Elizabeth and I were very excited to talk to you. We both are subscribed to your newsletter and very familiar with very good copy. But I want the listeners to hear from you. Can you give everyone a little bit of background on what you do and a little bit of background on very good copy? Sure. Well, I'm a copywriter and very good copy is my blog and newsletter about uh, copywriting and, and marketing and creativity. And it goes out once a week and there's a lot of cool, smart folks on it uh, from all sorts of industries, mostly copywriters, marketers, entrepreneurs, various creatives. Um, So yeah, come on by. You could sign up at verygoodcopy.com. I definitely recommend signing up. It was also recently nominated for Hacker Noon's email newsletter of the year. And that's no easy feat because you were up against some really impressive brands like The Morning Brew and The Hustle. So I think it's all very safe to say that you know how to write a very good email and an email that makes someone click, an email that starts conversations. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. And let's start all the way at the top. So the very first part of that email is the subject line. So how do you think about writing a great subject line? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so for, first, I guess I think about who it's going to, you know, who's the recipient. Um, if it's somebody that, you know, knows me and, and trusts me and appreciates me like a longtime newsletter subscriber, uh, then, 
you know, the subject line doesn't really matter as much as the from line, actually. I think Dave Gerhardt talks about this a lot. Just the fact that, you know, the sender of the email usually has a greater impact on the open rate, you know, when you're emailing uh, warm recipients. But, uh, you know, if it's a if it's a cold email, then I'm usually doing one of a few things. You know, first of all, you can make them curious. So, you know, for example, the subject line, you know, I use to promote um, what is it? My referral program is only for VGC subscribers, I think, with a colon, you know, and that implies mm. that, that something's coming. So, you know, a few things are at play there, curiosity being one of them. You know, people want to know uh, what's on the other side of the click. So, you know, you're opening a loop in the subject line that can only be closed by, um, you know, opening the email. So, you know, that's one really clear way to think about it. You know, open a, a loop in, you know, the mind of the reader, you know, based on what you know about that person or that group of people, you know, and then, you know, make opening the email um, the only way that they can close the loop. Um, so, you know, there's that going on in the subject line. Uh, but also, I think there's an appeal to exclusivity. Um, you know, it makes people feel special, you know, or, or like they're, you know, on the inside of something. Uh, it's also very short, um, you know, almost incomplete. And that's something Joe Sugarman, uh, who's an excellent copywriter, I study him a lot. Uh, he's always suggesting that people do this in their headlines, you know, keep them short um, because it's just easier to, you know, grab attention and, and I guess get people into the next sentence. Um, and I guess you could also promise them immediate value. You know, so in my welcome sequence, you know, the subject line is welcome. You know, your six courses and series are inside. And so naturally, there's a pretty um, compelling promise, you know, that you're making to folks. Uh, so they're going to want to, you know, open it and get that value. Yeah. Eddie, this is one of those podcasts where I wish I had like a notepad and pen with me. I will definitely be going back and yeah, listening to this. <laughs> those were so many good tips just within that. I love what you say about it's who and then closing the loop. Mm -hmm. I am someone who in my job, I'm building a lot of chatbots. And I think that's something that I could definitely take into that where you have your hook. And the only way to close that loop is by clicking in and taking action within there. So yeah. I will certainly take that into my bot building. And just generally that level of exclusivity is something mm -hmm. that, you know, everyone wants to feel special, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's the fundamentals, but, you know, you can never, you can never do them too, uh, too well or know them too well. So, um, yeah, I would start there for sure. Age old question. I'm kind of curious from someone who writes so many emails. When you're thinking about the subject line, are you writing your subject line and then letting that inform the body of your email? Or are you writing the body of your email and then letting that inform the subject line? Um, so I usually write them first and then I'll write the copy and then, you know, I'll circle back and make any changes um, mm -hmm. because, you know, sometimes you just find a better angle as you're writing it. You know, and then that becomes the headline or the subject line or whatever. So, you know, there's no hard and fast rule. I think about, you know, when's the best time to to write the subject line, you know, in the beginning or at the end. I think as long as you're, you know, leading with curiosity and ex exclusivity and like maybe instant gratification, you know, you're, you're doing fine. So um, you could write in the beginning like me, write your email and then go back and be like, oh, maybe I can amend this and, um, you know, 
ramp up the curiosity here, ramp up the exclusivity or, um, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. It's, you know, we're, we're probably going to talk a lot about Dave in this <laughs> podcast, but something else I've heard Dave say too, is when you are writing those headlines, write like 50 or mm-hmm. the subject lines, just keep going and keep mm-hmm. iterating. So that's, you know, write all of those and then let that inform whatever that body is. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think, I think quality comes from quantity. You know, if you write mm-hmm. one or two headlines or subject lines, uh, they're probably going to be pretty bad. But if you write yeah. 50 or 100 and you have this enormous selection and you have the benefit of, of you know, writing all those headlines, um, you know, the thought processes that went into everything, you know, I think uh, you're going to be able to whittle that down to the best 10%, you know, and then whittle that down. So um, Dave's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's so funny too, because when I do go through that exercise, by the end of it, I go back up to the ones I wrote originally and I'm like, whoa, 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 thank God I did this. Right. Because these are just not it. Like these are right. these don't cut it. Right. It's like it's like on, on on very good copy. Like if I go back to my first articles, oh my God, they're horrible. They're just so cringy, <laughs> you know? And and I think that's kind of like this is a like writing subject lines, writing 50 of them or a hundred of them. It's kind of like a microcosm of, of that process of like having a blog mm. that you've been writing for years, you know, and then you go back and, and you just can't stand to look at your first pieces. By the time you've written 50 or a hundred, you know, subject lines or headlines, you know, you'll go back to the first ones um, and you'll have a pretty similar experience. I think you'll, you'll kind of cringe at, um, yeah. at how bad they're. <laughs> Through all of that experience of writing and writing copy, do you have any must haves or must nots in terms of writing subject lines? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess, you know, a subject line shouldn't be too long. I think, you know, that just makes it harder to read, harder to focus on. Um, it'll probably get cut off too. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't be too long. Um, it shouldn't have too many emojis. I, I think, you know, emojis are kind of, I don't know, in my opinion, I think they look kind of spammy, you know. Um, <laughs> and then, like, also, I don't know if you're if like a one off email is somebody's going to put an emoji in the subject line. Mm. You know what I mean, like, I, th- yeah. I feel like that's something that you know a big email blast might have. Um, I think subject lines should be short, like so. It's got you know it's got to be easy to read. It's got to be easy to digest and and just like get through and understand. Um, Subject lines should, you know, create a curiosity gap, you know, so they got to mm-hmm. see what's inside. Um, I think I think they should limit punctuation. And, and this is this is overlooked, I think, a lot and taken for granted. But, you know, every punctuation mark, every comma, every exclamation point, every M dash, you know, it's just another thing the reader has to interpret and, and mm. comprehend. So you want to make it as easy as possible to read your writing. And, you know, even if it's on a subconscious level. Um, because, you know, like so much of our decision-making happens below the surface, um, you know, below our conscious thought. So in general, the easier something is to read, the smoother something is to read, um, the more likely it's going to get read and and acted upon. Um, I'm so guilty of the M dash overload. It's like become my new thing. I use it a lot too. It's just uh, try to avoid using it in your, in your subject lines, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's being buyer reader centric by making it as easy as possible for someone to be able to read this email. Right. Exactly. And by very nature of having an M dash in there, that means that the sentence is just going to be more complex. You know, there's going to be another clause in it. There's going to be something else that has to be uh, read and, and understood, digested. So if you don't have an M dash, then 
by the very nature of that, you're keeping you're keeping the message very clean and tight, you know, in the subject line. Definitely. Um, okay, Eddie. So yeah. we've gotten someone now to open the email, right? We've kept mm -hmm. it short. We've understood who it's going to. We have made it somewhat curious in that we want to make them close the loop. Mm -hmm. So I've opened the email. Now, how would you get someone to continue reading that email? Right. Well, so now I guess we're getting into like a, a different, much more broad territory. But I can <laughs> give you, you know, a couple approaches, I guess, you know, ways to think about it. First of all, in, in direct response copy, you know, there's a concept called the slippery slide. And basically, that's just saying that every element in, in your copy, the headline, the subject, the, the, the subhead, um, you know, the, the images, the image captions, uh, the formatting, you know, all of those elements should be working towards one goal, and that's to get the reader to read the first sentence. You know, and the goal of the first sentence is to get the reader to read the second, and so on and so on until, you know, the very bottom, until you reach the CTA. Um, so it sounds simplistic, but actually, if you put yourself in that mindset of, um, of focusing on a single sentence at a time, you know, asking yourself, is this sentence compelling enough to move the reader into the next mm -hmm. sentence? Then the task of writing becomes um, much less overwhelming, I think, and much less uncertain uh, because you're making it a smaller, you know, and more manageable task. Um, and that decision boils down to, you know, appealing to the reader's needs and desires, you know, and actually a good way to yeah. think about it is through the lens of uh, the seven deadly sins. So. There's um, gluttony, greed, uh, sloth, envy, wrath. How many is that? Five. Pride and <laughs> lust, right? And, and if you think about it, these are the things that, you know, are really moving people and compelling people. Mm. You know, so if you can promise the reader an abundance of something, i.e., you know, gluttony or greed, or if you can make something easier, so sloth, you know, or if you can appeal to your ego, so, you know, that's that's envy or pride or if you can appeal to like an intense desire, you know, that's lust, um, you know, you'll probably keep people reading. Um, so that's one way to think about it at a very you know high level. You know, you're trying to appeal to human nature um, in each sentence, you know, you write. Um, and another is by thinking about emails as a series of elements, you know, or links. And you're only as good as your weakest link or your email. You know, is only as good as your weakest link. So, for example, many direct response emails have five elements, you know, and each element has, you know, a purpose to fulfill or a job, basically. So element number one is the from line, you know, and the job of, of the from line is to gain trust, you know, and, and credibility um, basically by, uh, you know, presenting familiarity, you know, so, you know, either a familiar person or a familiar brand. Um Element number two is, is a subject line, which we're talking about, right? And the job there is to create a curiosity gap, you know, or, or a loop that uh, can only be closed by, by clicking the email. Um, element number three is the lead uh, or the first few, you know, sentences of the email. And the job uh, there is just to get read, you know, um, and get you invested in the email because, um, you know, conventional wisdom says that if you read 20% of anything, you'll likely finish it. So the goal of the lead is to be, you know, interesting uh, and easy to read and, and basically compelling enough to get folks, uh, you know, into the body of the, of the copy. Um, and that's element number four, the body copy. 
you know, it, and it should always answer what's in it for me, you know, because that's mm. what everybody who's ever read an ad is thinking. Like if I keep reading or if I take this action, what's in it for me? Um, and then element number five is the CTA, um, you know, the call to action. And that should clearly and concisely tell the reader what to do next. Um, and it should be, I think, you know, as easy as possible to, you know, take that next step. So, um, so yeah, so to recap, you should think about each email as a series of elements, you know, and when you drill down into each element, into the actual sentences and words that make up each element, you can think about those through the lens of, of, um, you know, the seven deadly sins and, and, um, you know, use them to make it as compelling as possible. Yeah. Sorry, that was a lot. I feel, I feel like I just no. talked <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a great framework. I literally internally was like, okay, step one, step two, like I am going to write that framework on a sticky note, put it on my computer and make sure that I'm thinking about that every time. I also <laughs> love the uh, with them, what's in it for me, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just always keeping that in mind. Do you think any of those tips or framework change when you change the channel in which you're delivering copy? So, you know, we've been talking about an email. Do you keep that same framework when you write, say, a blog or do you then shift your mindset? I think it's really similar, you know, because in, in theory, it's it's really just the first thing people see, you know. So mm -hmm. it, if you don't write a good headline, you know, your ad or, or your article probably won't get read. You know, it's the draw for your content. And, and I think the same goes for subject lines. It's It's the first thing people see it's the first thing people read and if they don't like it um you know they're, they're not going to open the email in theory so so whether yeah. you're writing a, a headline or a subject line remember i think to lead with um curiosity open loops create intrigue promise value promise immediate gratification right uh, make it instant um and if you if you're doing those things i think you're doing fine yeah you have written in one of your blogs on very good copy that one of the keys to a good headline is the element of surprise. And I thought that was very interesting. And it's sort of what we've been talking about in terms of the loop. But can you give me a little bit more insight into why surprise works? Yeah, so, you know, surprising headlines basically just captivate the reader and, and, and make it more likely that she'll read the next sentence. So um, I think in that article you're referring to, I cite an example from a newspaper ad from the 70s. Um, and the headline was how to make money with your credit cards. Uh, and I, you know, it was written by Gary Halbert, who's a really famous copywriter. And um, he wrote it for an ad selling a book called How to Turn Plastic into Gold. So he was selling a book, you know. And and to set up the offer, Halbert grabs the reader's, the reader's attention with um, basically a paradox, you know, basically, you know, presenting a statement that appears to, to contradict itself. So like how to make money with your credit cards is outwardly, you know, a contradiction because credit cards help us spend money and not, and not make money usually. So it just begs the question how, you know, mm -hmm. and the, this question compels folks into the, you know, into the next sentence, you know, and that's, and that's the goal of the headline. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, using surprise, using a paradox is really just another way to get people curious, asking, how is this possible? Or, you know, I thought this was impossible. How does it work? Um, you know, that, that's how it works. Yeah. Finally, Eddie, I'm curious for people listening who might be a, a sales rep or an SDR or a BDR, 
and they've listened to this and they're thinking about how they can implement it. What is the one thing that you would do in the subject line to grab their attention? Well, I think as an SDR, when when you're writing to extremely cold prospects, you know, you, you have to lead with, you know, a promise of value, you know, basically a bribe. Um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes you can make is is to ask for something in exchange uh, for nothing, because uh, you know, like, no, nobody's going to take you up on that. Because why would they? So it, it goes back to that whole "what's in it for me" question. You know, that's constantly running through people's minds. So as an SDR, you know, you have to look at it from their perspective, from the the, the prospect's point of view. You know, you have to become that person sitting in that seat, reading that subject line, uh, and you have to ask yourself, "What's in it for me?" And if you can't answer that question, um, you know, with a clear and compelling benefit, uh, don't send the email, you know, like, like you should always feel confident about the reason you gave people uh, to respond. And, and I think if you follow that rule of thumb, your open rates will, will go up. Awesome. Eddie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Again, I'm going to re-listen to this right when we get off, take a bunch of notes and implement all of this into my writing I think it's super applicable for marketers and for salespeople looking to write better emails that actually create conversations. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sammy. I really appreciate it too. Well, I had just hit send on email before recording this podcast and that podcast episode made me really wish I had saved it as a draft. (laughs) I totally agree. As I was talking to Eddie, I was like, oh, there's like at least two emails and a blog that I'm going to get back to right after this and edit and get rid of my M dashes. Yeah, you gotta gotta tone down on those M dashes, girl. (laughs) Um, But in the spirit of being succinct, we will keep this outro succinct. Um, I'm really excited for next week because we are getting in the spirit of Valentine's Day, which is all about relationships. But don't worry, we're not getting too mushy. We are focusing on the sales and customer success relationship with two of our own drifters, Trent Mosley and Jacqueline Van. Yeah, I'm really excited for this because we talk a lot about the sales and marketing relationship and we wanted to shine some light on the customer success and sales relationship, because that's really so important to creating a good customer experience and a great kickoff. For sure. The life cycle does not end after you sign a deal. So I'm really excited to hear what they have to say and talk about trends high emoji usage. So make sure to tune in next week. And if you want to see how Sammy's doing with her content copywriting skills, make sure to check out her sales newsletter linked in the show notes. And for more information from Eddie, we're also linking his website in the show notes. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening to Conversation Starters. If you liked this episode, please leave us a six star review by clicking the link in the show notes. And hit subscribe so you never miss another one. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sammy Reinstein and follow all of our shows at Drift Podcasts. <laughs>